Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing really well and are super stoked to start off your spring semester. For some of you, this is your last semester in dental hygiene school. Kudos, congratulations. And for some of you, it's not. One thing I can attest to though, is that you're all exhausted, but also grateful for the journey that you're on and to be doing what you're doing. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the decision-making process and the step-by-step decision-making model. It's one of my favorite things that I learned in dental hygiene school. You usually learn it when you take dental ethics because when you have an ethical dilemma, you are tasked with going through the decision-making process on what you're going to do, what decision you're going to make as a result of being exposed to this ethical dilemma. So in this episode, we're going to break down the decision-making model and look at the decision-making process step-by-step and some of the considerations that you have to have as a student going out into the field for the first time or even as a seasoned pro. So take a listen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome. So glad to have you. What I truly love about learning the decision-making model is that you can use it in any area of your life. It's not restricted to just dental hygiene or being a dental hygienist or having an ethical dilemma at work. It really focuses on life in general, whenever you have a dilemma or a problem or a decision that you have to make. So that's one of the things I love about it. It will just help you uh, make a better decision. And sometimes we have to think about things and really weigh out our options. So the decision-making model provides us that framework to do so. Let's just define a couple of things before we get trotting down the discussion here. Moral problems, you have different types of moral problems. So when you have a moral dilemma, that's when your obligations and your responsibilities are in conflict with one another. That causes a dilemma. Maybe a patient doesn't want you to take radiographs on them, but you know that you are obligated to do so. So there's a little dilemma there in that conversation. Moral uncertainty There's questions of whether a moral obligation exists. Maybe that same patient has a really low caries risk, so you can understand why they don't want to have their radiographs updated. So there's a little level of uncertainty there, and is there validity in what the patient is saying? And then we have moral weakness. Our moral responsibility points us in one direction, and the personal beliefs or values in another So sometimes we have to really consider what our own personal beliefs are and do we have bias associated with our responsibilities? And so that's when you really have to consider things, think about them so that you can come up with an understanding of what your own personal beliefs are. And then there's moral distress. And that is when you have perceived powerlessness. You have frustrated feelings of knowing something is wrong, but you can't seem to do anything about it. And I think moral distress comes into play sometimes when we're working in an office where there's conflict, maybe between providers. And sometimes it is a perceived level of powerlessness because you might not be the person making the ultimate decisions. And so that is something that you want to recognize that it exists. 
The core values of the ADHA code are autonomy, confidentiality, societal trust, non-maleficence, beneficence, justice and fairness, and veracity. And when you take ethics, you're going to really get to know each and every one of these core values. And it's our standard of professional responsibility to ourselves as individuals and professionals, to families, to our patients, to our colleagues, to our employees that we work with, to our employers, to the community at large and society in general, and also to scientific investigation that we hold our professional standards and responsibility at the highest level. So let's take a look at these principles because these principles, because they're the standards, really help you when you're thinking about the decision-making model and going through the process of making a decision if you have an ethical dilemma. Autonomy is self-determination, self-governing, right? Not everybody's going to watch everything you do. You're going to make your own decisions based on your own beliefs, Confidentiality is the critical aspect of trust and respect for a person. You are not going to share confidential information about a patient because you have that as one of your principles. Societal trust is the confidence between the community and a healthcare professional. Patients come in as members of the society confident that you are providing them accurate information and you are working at the standard of care. Non-maleficence is just to do no harm. You would not do something that you think would be at risk to the patient. Beneficence removes existing harm and promotes good. So that would be something now simple. A simple beneficence would be putting a lead apron on a patient and making sure that you have a thyroid protection there, right? You're promoting good and you're removing any potential harm that could be there. Justice and fairness is providing what is owed due or deserved to your patient or somebody that you're servicing. And veracity is really just being honest and telling the truth to every person you speak with throughout life. But, you know, if you think about a major ethical dilemma that you have or a major decision that you have to make, you've probably made several of them throughout your lifetime. So when you're thinking about it, we're faced with decision making all the time. Some days, a lot of decisions. Other days, not so many. But there are some major forks in the road and big decisions that you have to make. And I am quite certain that if you practice as a dental hygienist, you will be faced with some kind of ethical dilemma. The hygienist works under supervision of the dentist, and they're responsible for the dental hygiene treatment. So when you're faced with decision making, you want to keep that in mind. Decisions are not always easy, and they can create some conflict for you, and not just with the patient. It could be with the dentist, maybe the insurance plan, maybe other hygienists that you work with, maybe other members of the team. Keep in mind that we're faced with that decision, and we have to figure out what our responsibilities are and make those decisions based on what is right, what is just and fair, and all of the other core principles. We are provided with support and guidance from our code of ethics. That's the best place to start on how to make this decision. We can also get advice from from our peers. We could seek legal counsel. We can use our critical thinking skills. Most importantly, we can listen to what our gut is telling us. 
And we can use the ethical decision-making steps for support and guidance to make an ultimate decision on whatever dilemma is plaguing us. Whatever course you decide on, there's always someone to tell you that you're wrong. There's always difficulties arising, which tempts you to believe that your critics are right. To map out a course of action and follow it to an end requires courage. And that was best said by Ralph Waldo Emerson, who knew a thing or two about critics, difficulties, and ethical dilemmas. So let's go through the decision-making process. Step one, you want to identify the problem. And think about whether it's self-interest or morality. You really need to determine if there's an actual ethical dilemma present. If your ethical principles are not in conflict, it is simply a question of right or wrong. Step two, collect the information. Think about all of your possible options. Act as a detective and try to remove some of your own personal bias. Think about the who, what, when, how, things like that. Think about the dental perspective, the medical perspective, and the social aspect when you're gathering your information. Step three, after you've done step one and two, you're going to state your options. What are your options now that you've thought about the problem and you've collected some information? Try to keep an open mind and brainstorm. List some of the alternatives and different options that you have. Think about all the possibilities and really try to be creative in your approach and aware of some of the legal issues involved. Step four is to apply the ethical principles in your options. State and define the ADHA core values and ethical principles involved with each one of your options. And then your last step is to make your decision. Put the patient's interests first. What could go wrong if a specific action is selected? Can the action be defended on grounds of moral principles and values? This is a question you really should answer. And then the final step, implement your decision. Consider the what-ifs. Now, there are risks with every ethical dilemma. You could lose your job. You could lose a friend. The decision is easy if we are sure that the action is justifiable. And we must act on our moral principles. Sometimes doing the right thing is the hard thing to do but you have to implement your decision. Not everyone will arrive at the same outcome when they are faced with an ethical dilemma. But if you truly consider all your options and align those with the ethical principles, it will really help you feel good when you make that final decision that you did what was right. It's not always popular to make a decision. And it can be really, really challenging to make a decision. The best thing to do is that even if you take no action, that's the decision that you made. So inaction is a decision too. Use the decision-making model in all aspects of your career. You could use it in very simple terms with the example I gave you with the taking the updated radiographs on a patient and there are some pretty complex dilemmas that will come your way. I will say, if you get really good at using the decision-making model on some of the easier decisions, it'll be a lot easier for you to make those decisions when the hard things come up. And the hard things will come up. You got this.
I would invite you to send me any questions that you need answered. Questions come up when you listen to this podcast. I have a link in the show notes and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Also, I would appreciate a review if you have time to leave one. Thank you so much.